Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Everybody's buying in even more than last year, so it's great to see. And, of course, for me, I've definitely grown as a leader, even with, you know, all the new guys coming in. You know, they bought into, you know, our culture here day in and day out and really just having that championship mindset. You know, we're all working towards the same goal. We just got to take it a day at a time. Now, it's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Here's Kevin Powell. Justin Fields, All right, live from Hellas Hall, it is a fresh episode of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. Episode 67, the first practice of Bears training camp wrapping up just a couple hours ago. I'm joined by Alex Shapiro from NBC Sports Chicago, covers the Bears. Uh, Yesterday was day one conditioning test, just everybody kind of reporting, which is much different from when they used to actually travel and report to camp. Uh, They aren't walking in with their TVs or video games or fans or whatever they're just coming to the team's facility which is mostly commonplace in the nfl these days but uh uh, day one of practice uh wrapping up matt eberflus actually kind of called it more of like an ota because it was weird today it was rainy and hot and the wildfire smoke uh made the air not so great so they practice inside today um, let's start with the big news of the day. Cole Komet signing his contract extension. I don't think any of us are surprised by this, the way Ryan Poles has talked about Komet, Iberflus has talked about Komet. Um, I like the signing. I don't think there's any reason not to like it, but what was your initial reaction to Cole Komet signing the four-year deal with reports it's uh, worth about $50 million? Well, first off, Kevin, thanks so much for having me. It's truly a pleasure to join you on the pod. Uh, but, yeah, when we got the news – during practice, I think everybody started looking at their phones all at the same time during during practice. I wasn't really surprised. Uh, if you had to ask me, you know, who my odds-on favorite was to be the first bear to earn a contract extension from this new regime, I probably would have chosen Cole Komet. Uh, like you said, the Bears have been super effusive with how much they really love this guy. We can see he's really grown as an inline blocker. He does everything the Bears want him to do as a tight end, you know, which is being able to block the run game, get out in space, and then leak out in the play-action pass and, and make plays down the field. So I was not surprised. Obviously happy for the guy. We're always pro player, at least, you know, on the Under Center podcast. And I think all of us are on, on the beat, you know. We want to see these guys get paid and be rewarded for their hard work. So, um, so no, yeah, wasn't surprised. Happy for him. And at some point here, you've got to build a core, and you've got to set a foundation of core players. Cole Komet obviously factored in there. Up next, maybe Jalen Johnson. Uh, We will see. Uh, Darnell Mooney, who we heard from today, and Chase Claypool, both uh, entering contract years. So um, is Mooney entering contract year, or does he have one more? Do I have that correct? He is. Okay, so both of those guys are entering contract years, and we heard from Chase Claypool. Let's let's actually talk about Claypool a little bit uh, we, we wrapped up talking to him when it was kind of weird. He was placed on the, the pup list and then a day later was taken off the pup list and he was out there today, uh, caught a touchdown pass down the seam from Justin Fields during team uh, activities. It's a big year for Chase Claypool. He called it the biggest year of his life. I mean, it probably is, right? This is a guy who came in, had a pretty hot start as a rookie with the Steelers, and then from there hasn't really been able to reproduce. And then, obviously, the Bears make a pretty big trade to bring him in. They send 
their second round pick, which ends up being the number 32 overall pick in the draft in a regular year. That's a first round draft pick, right? The only reason it wasn't a first round draft pick this year is because the Dolphins had to forfeit a pick and it didn't work out the way the Bears wanted. You know, uh, it's no secret the Bears offense is really complex. It's hard for wide receivers to learn. We have heard that from Darnell Mooney. We have heard that from DJ Moore. We have heard that from coaches. We have heard that now from Chase Claypool. Um, and it took him a while to get going. And it seemed to me like he was starting to finally figure things out a little bit in that Packers game. I believe it was week 12, somewhere around there. But he had been with the Bears for a little bit, finally starting to figure it out. And then, bam, knee injury. Uh, and that derailed him, right? He It takes him a while to get back on the field. By the time he does get back on the field, Justin Fields is hurt. So he never got a chance to get back on track. Now, I think he's going to be afforded every opportunity to prove to the Bears, you did not make a mistake in trading for me. And he knows he is playing for his future, right? If he wants the kind of life-altering money that Cole Komet just earned, he's going to have to ball out. He's going to have to show... I can I can go back and perform at that level that everybody saw that one year with Pittsburgh. Yeah, and it was clear that he wanted to address maybe some of the buzz that surrounded him as a player where we heard out of Pittsburgh maybe some stuff in the locker room and obviously they were willing to ship him out of town. And it's tough. As you mentioned, a complex offense acquired middle of the season at the trade deadline trying to learn the system that's difficult for chase claypool but but he wanted to clear things up today i mean he talked about the amount of work he put in he said he actually made cue cards that some of his teammates kind of poked fun at him where it had a play call and then on the back of it was the actual drawing of the play and he quizzed himself and he had this whole system in place and he wanted to make sure everyone knows he's working hard and that again he said it's the biggest year of his life so and he even said something along the lines of his family has to kind of uh, keep him. They're the ones who kind of give him a heads up on what people are chatting about on the social medias and Twitter. So uh, he, he, it did have kind of a different tone to it. His his press conference today with the media, where you could tell he he wants to prove people wrong. I guess it would be one way to put it. But he very much wanted to clear things up that he is he is fully on board here in Chicago. Wants to earn this extension. Wants to win games here with the Bears. Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, if I had to think of a list of. Bears players who were maligned in the Bears fandom on the Bears Twitter sphere. Chase Claypool's probably close to the top of the list because we've already gone over. The Bears obviously invested a lot to bring him in and the expectations weren't met. And then he, you know, got an opportunity to tell a little side of his story. You know, I think there's this perception that Claypool is soft because he suffered that knee injury, and it took him a while to get back on the field. We heard about the soft tissue stuff, and he missed a lot of OTAs and minicamp. Then we heard about the knee thing, which maybe wasn't a knee thing. That was another very confusing part of the press conference. Justin Fields told us yesterday he dinged up his knee when they were doing offseason workouts in Florida, but then Claypool was like, no, it's not my knee. It was never my knee. Right. We can unpack that. That's that's kind of a separate story. Right. And, and then again, like to your like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. He he brought that up. He's like, I, look, I nearly blew out my knee against the Packers. I put a brace on and was begging coaches to put me back in. So he wanted to clear things up today. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I was driving to. That was another, I think, really telling point where, you know. Players don't often engage with that stuff in the public because they don't have to. They recognize it as outside noise. But I think it's clear that, you know, Bears fans have piled on to Chase Claypool. He's clearly hearing about it from his family. 
he had the opportunity basically because he was asked. He was asked, you know, what's up? Do you see this stuff? How does that make you feel? And, and basically he said, yeah, you, you don't know the full side of the story. When I did suffer that knee injury, just as you said, I asked to put on that knee brace, put me back in there, and coaches shut him down. And then we heard the same thing from Darnell Mooney. You know, obviously Darnell Mooney is not viewed in that exact same light. Darnell Mooney is saying, I'm good to go. Like when the Bears let me out of the cage, I'm, I'm full steam ahead. But they are taking things slowly with me. They are making sure I don't hurt myself further or get too ahead of myself. So it kind of shifts this perspective that, you know, the Bears, you know, are maybe the ones being cautious. And this perception that Chase Claypool is soft is maybe a little unfair. I think it's a little unfair. He did have some interesting stuff, though. I think, to me, Chase Claypool, just kind of watching where he's at throughout camp over the next six weeks or so here, to me, that's one of the top storylines because of kind of everything we laid out, especially because of the capital you gave up up for him. And I still, look, even if Claypool doesn't work out here, right, and if we look back at that deal, I know a lot of people say, I can't believe you gave up that pick. That entire season, before they made that trade, what were we all saying? What were fans all saying? You have to put weapons around Justin Fields. He was the top receiver on the trade market, and Ryan Poles went and got him. So if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But to say that the trade shouldn't have been made, I don't know about that. I mean, the Bears were desperate to say, okay, let's put something around Justin Fields to help us give a better evaluation to help Justin Fields out. So we will see uh, throughout the end of the year. But I do think Chase Claypool is one of the top storylines of – training camp to me darnell mooney as you brought up interesting perspective went down with that ankle injury he says he was already going to have ankle surgery on that ankle kind of worked out funny about that so he was already planning on having left ankle surgery in the offseason then went down with the, the the major injury against the jets he said that he enjoyed the journey I don't think many people enjoy a journey recovering from any kind of surgery but it was good perspective he said he learned a lot about himself and as you said, I think, which was, you, you kind of nailed it, I think where a lot of people have question marks about Claypool, I think Mooney's a, a big-time fan favorite here in Chicago. And uh, it seems like, uh, and ju- even Justin Fields joked about this, Darnell Mooney looking jacked, looking good, looking great. So that's a good sign so far. Yeah, absolutely. And both of those guys, I think, are going to be very important to the Bears' fortunes this year. You know, you talked about last year, the talk was Justin Fields needs a number one. The Bears need to do everything they can to get a number one. Now they got that guy in DJ Moore, right? So now if Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney can each take a step forward, if Darnell Mooney can play the way he did when he was working behind Allen Robinson and Chase Claypool can kind of refine his form that he had with the Steelers, now you're talking about the Bears cooking with gas with three you know, electric playmakers who do different things in this offense. DJ Moore is so great at attacking the intermediate parts of the field. He's obviously a deep threat. Uh, Darnell Mooney's a guy who you can move around, whether it's slot, whether it's out wide. He's great at creating separation kind of naturally and then can be used as a deep threat as well. And then Chase Claypool's this big-bodied target uh, who really complements both of those guys well because he's more of a 50-50 ball guy. He's a guy who can hook it up, and if he doesn't come down, maybe he draws a pass interference. So if you have all three of those dudes taking a next step, uh, playing well, all of a sudden the Bears' passing attack looks pretty well-rounded. We haven't even talked about the tight ends being right. folded into that. Obviously, Cole Komet gets the deal, but Robert Tanian is a tight end who we saw him out wide. We saw him in the slot. Uh, 
Now, now, whoa, this is a completely different looking Bears offense. In a pretty good looking running back room right now. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, the running backs, obviously the running game last year for the Bears was top notch. Yeah, thanks to the quarterback. And and let's stop. Well, so I agree. The way Ryan Poles has reshaped this offense, I think the biggest thing this year, we would all love to see the Bears win football games. But I, I think, again, the most important thing is having a complete – evaluation of Justin Fields. This is a massive year for Fields. This is a massive year for the organization. There are pieces being put in place. There is a new president here at Hallis Hall. There is a new stadium on the way. It's the same old Bears if Fields doesn't work out. I'm sorry, it is. I mean, they have to figure out the quarterback position, and I understand Ryan Poles didn't draft him. I feel very optimistic about Justin Fields and his future with the team. Um so that, to me, still, of all the additions and the players to watch, it still is all about Justin Fields. He wants to throw over 4,000 yards. It's still kind of crazy to even try to wrap your head around the fact that the Bears have never had a 4,000-yard quarterback here in Chicago. Um, but and, 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 look, I feel uh, this time last year, the offensive line, we were all kind of like, who is even going to start? Like right. We knew they were going to make additions leading up to camp, which they did. It was Riley Reef and Michael Schofield. Uh, at least they have their their – they're five set, and those starting five were out there today for day one of practice and training camp. Braxton Jones left tackle, Tevin Jenkins left guard, uh, Cody Whitehair at center, Nate Davis at right guard, and the rookie Darnell Wright. I feel pretty good about that. I feel better about it where it was this time last year, but still, I'll say, okay, like what is Braxton Jones going to turn into? Can Darnell Wright hold down the right side of the line as a rookie? Feel a lot better about it, but still some question marks. Yeah, absolutely. I think on paper, it's undeniable that the Bears are set up to protect Justin Fields better this year than they did last year, which they absolutely must. He was tied for the lead league lead in sacks last year, 55. Russell Wilson was also sacked 55 times. So to help Justin Fields and help the passing attack and help the offense, obviously the protection's got to be better. But I think you're also right that there are legitimate question marks at every single position. I mean, you just went through the line. I'll go through the line again with question marks. Braxton Jones, he improved last season, in my opinion. It's well documented he's got to get better at the bull rush. We won't know until the pads come on next Wednesday what kind of progress he's made. And then obviously, you know, as the preseason and the regular season goes on, then we'll get a better idea. But who knows? Was he able to take a big enough step at, at the bull rush? Uh, Tevin Jenkins, can he stay healthy full of for, for a full season? When he's on the field, I think he's maybe the most dominant guy on that line. He plays with that nastiness. He plays with that grit. He can be so, so good. But injuries have been a problem with him his entire career. Can he stay healthy? Cody Whitehair's played at a pro bowl and all pro level at center, but he hasn't played center since 2020. Uh, will he be able to find that form again from 2020? And, you know, as his career winds down, how much does he have left in the tank? Uh, Nate Davis, you know, he comes in as a highly touted run blocker, right guard. But obviously, we were saying the same things about Lucas Patrick last year at center. And he, Lucas Patrick was going to come anchor this line and be a leader. And that didn't happen. That did not happen. And then obviously, Darnell Wright, you know, again, a lot of people think he was maybe the most NFL-ready rookie in the draft class. But... He's still a rookie, and playing uh, tackle as a rookie is not an easy thing to do. So I think it's fair to think there could be some growing pains with Darnell Wright. So, yes, do things on paper look better? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. But there are also real questions 
on the offensive line as well. That, it's kind of like when people ask me what I think the win total will be. I'm like, I'm kind of all over the place because I think if Darnell Wright plays like a first-round right tackle uh, and you know lives up to the standard of what they're hoping he could be, okay, great. And if the offensive line, yes, as you said, on paper looks pretty good. If they turn out to be a pretty good unit, Bears, I think, will be in good shape. Uh, defensive side of the ball, quickly, I think we all feel pretty good about the secondary right now. Mm-hmm. I think we all feel really good about the linebacker spot right now. Mm-hmm. I think we all are not feeling so great about the defensive line. Now, they did add a couple of rookies uh, high up in, in Dexter and Pickens. So there's hope there. The edge rusher thing. I mean, there is uh, there is uh, a large lack of edge rushers on this team. Uh, I guess if what would you guess happens there? Because Ryan Poles was asked about it, kind of danced around. He said, we're always trying to improve our team. Do you, Are there any names you think out there that legitimately the Bears might be targeting at the edge spot? Well, Peggy Kaczynski reported yesterday that the Bears are really interested in Justin Houston. I believe that, you know, not only is Peggy a great reporter, but, you know, he's got clear links to the Bears. He crossed paths with Poles together in Kansas City, where he had that unbelievable 22-sack all-pro season. And then he also played really well in Matt Eberflus's defense with the Colts. So I certainly believe that the Bears would be interested in Justin Houston. Uh, the question is, is Justin Houston interested in coming to the Bears? You know, his career is winding down. He's 34 years old. Uh, does he want to chase a Super Bowl ring? Is he just looking to get paid? I believe... Kaczynski's reporting indicated it could get, come down to money and then that's you know always that's always an interesting question because we don't know Ryan Pohl's evaluation and then valuation for Justin Field or for Justin Houston I'm sorry uh, and we know he has been very disciplined in free agency he is not a guy who really wants to overspend so if they can come together on a number or if the Bears really identify defensive end as like, we got to go out and get this guy, yeah, I think they could bring somebody in. It's just the A, is the player interested in coming as well and does the money match up? Like how many suitors are there for Justin Houston? I don't know. Obviously Yannick Ngakwe is out there as well and Yannick Ngakwe said uh, on the Jim Rome show, I'm interested in going to all 32 NFL teams. So again, it's going to come down to the money, in my opinion. Yeah, and there's that line, too, of like, okay, you might have to overextend for a guy for one year like a Justin Houston compared to maybe at this point giving a long-term contract to somebody might not make you as comfortable. So, And, and Ryan Poles was asked about that. It's a fine line. I, they are going to bring in a defensive end at some point throughout training camp. I would be surprised if they do not. Who that uh, will be, we will see. Alex Shapiro will be here for the entirety of training camp Read his stuff at NBC Sports Chicago. Alex, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for having me, Kevin. This was fun. That's another edition of the WGN Radio Football Podcast live from Hallis Hall. Thanks to Brian Altimer and Ernie Scatton for their help producing the podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. Thank you for listening to the WGN Radio Football Podcast. <laughs>